Well, I hear that some people have trouble falling asleep at night. I don't know if that's you or not. I have no trouble falling asleep at night. I, Karen says, I fall asleep before I go to bed. <laughs> One, I remember not too long ago, we were playing cards at the kitchen table, and we like to play rummy every now and then, and I remember I fell asleep waiting for my turn with my cards in my hand, and she said, I dropped my cards and everything. And she said, Tom, go to bed. I have no trouble falling asleep at night. Some of you do. Some of you wonder. You sit on the bed and wonder, don't you? You lay on the bed and wonder about things and ask big questions. You probably, of course, heard about the agnostic, dyslexic insomniac who laid on his bed at night wondering if there really is a dog. <laughs> you may wonder, what am I doing here? My life's passing me by. Uh, what am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing here? Well, Good news, as followers of Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us what we're supposed to be doing here, right? We don't make up answers, we just ask the Bible the answers. And the Bible's told us that we're ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says you're as an ambassador for Christ as though God is making his appeal through you. That's what you're doing here. You're an ambassador. You don't, you're not from here anymore. You're from heaven now. Your citizenship is in heaven, the Bible says, but you're from here on assignment. You're from there, you're here on assignment. You're on a mission to declare the good news of Jesus, the Father's love, the reconciliation of men to God through this sacrifice of Christ. You're ambassador of that message. Last, last week we looked, last week we looked, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, back when I used to drink, I never knew when to stop either. And <laughs> Sorry, high school kids, to forget, erase that from your memory, okay? Yeah, it is in the past, for real. Romans 12, verse 2 says that we're here to be transformed. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so God is transforming us. That's what you're still doing here because you're not done yet, right? And he's still transforming. Today, of all things, I'm supposed to tell you that we're here to be vessels of the Holy Spirit. Is that hilarious or what? <laughs> vessels of the Holy Spirit. We're jars of clay. That's not just the name of a really good band. That's, uh, that's from the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that Paul says that we we hold a treasure, that we're jars of clay, and clay we are, right? Man, clay we are, but he's entrusting us with the treasure, the Bible says. The treasure is the living God, the Word of God, the living God, the Spirit of God we're being entrusted with. We're created in Christ to be portable containers of both the presence and the power of God. That's what you're still doing here. Thank you, Christina, for reading that so beautifully. And uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Obedience matters. 
And I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. In you. That you're here to be a vessel of this Holy Spirit. What that means is a huge subject, and I feel leading from the Lord to spend several weeks on it, uh, just talking from the Scripture about what it means to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask the same three questions every week. First of all, who is the Holy Spirit? Second, why must I be filled with the Holy Spirit? And third, what, what's God going to do to me if I invite him in, right? <laughs> Lord, we invite your presence, we invite your power, we invite your Holy Spirit to come, we invite you to come and be the teacher, Lord. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked who is the Holy Spirit and not what is the Holy Spirit because he's a who. His first name is Holy, his last name is Spirit, right? <laughs> when we say what is the Holy Spirit, we reduce him, we objectify him, we make him a thing and not a person. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the present face of God in the world. He's the present face of God. Jesus said, you know, he said, I'm going away. He, Jesus was the face of God. He's the Son of God. He was the face of God to do a particular work, a redemptive work on the cross. He did that. That's done. That's finished, he said. That's done. And he said, I'm going now. He said, here's what he said. So now I am going, in chapter 16, verse 5, now I am going to him who sent me. The face of God is changing. Now I'm, I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? You know, if I were one of those disciples, I don't know how many questions I'd ask at that point either, right? <laughs> oh, because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. You're so sorry that I'm going. He says, but if I tell you the truth, it's good that I'm going. He said, unless I go away, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is the present face of God in the world. This is the only God we know. You haven't seen the Father. You haven't seen the Son. The only God you know is the Holy Spirit, right? It's the present face of God. He's the third person of the Trinity. Don't ask me to explain the Trinity. I'm not that smart. There's three gods. Not, no, not three gods at all. One God. Three persons. Wasn't that three gods? No, it's not. How can that be? I don't know. It's a deep mystery. It's a deep mystery. But that's one of the things I love about being with God is the mystery is part of the excitement. The mystery is part of the adventure, right? And you know what? You don't have to understand everything about God to be in a wonderful love relationship with him. You don't need to know. Anybody here who's married already knows that. That person you wake up next to, you don't, man, you don't understand her, huh? Does she not get weirder by the year? And yet, and yet, you're in a deep love relationship with her, right? The mystery, for me, it's 45 years. The mystery's part of the adventure. Just when I think I got her figured out, I'm sleeping next to a new woman. <laughs> Not really high school kids. There's just one woman, okay? 
You know, we don't have to be able to explain the mysteries of God in order to enjoy his presence. And he's the third person of the Trinity. He's the person. He's a person. He's not electricity. He's a person. He's not the power of God. He brings the power of God because he is God. I have the privilege of working with a 10 young adults on Saturday mornings and yesterday we were, we were studying and the Holy Spirit, inviting the Holy Spirit and we made this pact at least for the term of this class which goes through part of June and that we're not going to use the definite article when we refer to Holy Spirit anymore and they're supposed to call each other and call me on it when I say the Holy Spirit. We're just saying Holy Spirit because you don't put the in front of a name do you? You don't say, hey, the Lloyd is coming over. You say, Lloyd's coming over, right? <laughs> Holy Spirit, that's his name. Because he's God. Holy Spirit. Now, I know the Bible refers to him as the Holy Spirit. So it's okay, but I'm just saying, if we, in this age, this post-enlightenment, post-modern, post Christian mechanized age where we just like to classify everything, if we could drop the definite article and just refer to him as Holy Spirit, just try it a while. See how it changes the dynamic of your understanding and your relationship with God. Holy Spirit. Whoo, man. So when we talk about being filled with Holy Spirit, we're talking, we're just talking about being filled with the presence of God. When we talk about being vessels of Holy Spirit, we're just talking about saying, come and occupy me, Lord, it's really God. Come and occupy me. Second question, why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, first off, if you're a Christian, you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Nobody gets saved apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, you say, but I was a Baptist. I know. <laughs> Turns out he's there too. When you had that stirring to come to Christ, that was the Holy Spirit, and you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what happened? Well, one of two things happened, maybe both. Since we're vessels of the Holy Spirit to be portable containers of the presence and the power of God, you went, and in obedience, you poured yourself out, right? That's what kingdom reality is. We go around in the present power of the Holy Spirit, and we, we're vessels. It's not me. It's just like, there, have a little of that, right? And it's pouring out, and so we need to be refilled. Plenty of examples in the Bible of people who were filled and refilled and refilled. That's the dynamic of relationship with God. We're not talking about you being filled for the first time. We're talking about you being refilled, which is the dynamic of walking with the Lord. The other reason that you need to be refilled is because of the sin structures in your life and the sin patterns in your life. You got holes in the bottom of the jar of clay and you're draining out. Now, we all have sin we're working with, right? I get that. But when we resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we rationalize sin, we say, I know that's what the Word says, but it's okay for me. We kick holes in the bottom of the jar of clay, and then we wonder where the Holy Spirit is. You need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit because that's the part, that's what you're craving. 
Remember when we were in the beginning of this year and we were looking at what the Bible says about, about who we are and that we're created in the image of God? And that means that we're essentially the important part of us and the bigger part of us is spiritual and eternal. Remember that? That's the part of you that is craving the presence of God. That's why you need to be filled because until, until you get filled, until you're refilled with the Holy Spirit, you won't be satisfied. A lot of what's happened in America is we get satisfied with hearing somebody talk about the Word of God, explain the Word of God, and we go, oh, now I understand that better. I'm good. You're not good. We have these great preachers, men and women of the Word, who stand in places, public places, electronic places, and bring the Word of God, and we walk away going, well, now I understand I'm good. You're not good. You're better, but you're not good till you're refilled with the Holy Spirit Jesus said the kind of worshipers the Father seeks are those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just the truth, but the spirit. You crave him. Crave him like you crave oxygen. Remember that song we used to sing? You are the air I breathe. You are the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. Yeah. Remember that? Remember how the rest of it goes? And I am desperate for you. Remember that? That's why you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because... That's what you're made for. Let me see if I can get through this part. I made something that might be helpful to you thinkers. You know, when we, when we encounter the Lord, it, oh man, it's a very real situation, isn't it? You, you're stirred by God. That's real. It's palpable. It's an experience, right? And it's cool. It's exciting. And it, you all get to, you know, have your own thing. I mean, your hardwiring matters. You don't, don't ever try to copy somebody else's experience in the Lord, right? Ever, ever, ever. Paul says don't compare yourself to each other. But when you encounter God, you know it. And so what do you want to do? You want to go back, right? You go, I like that. That was good. I want to go back there and do that again. That's good. And you like it so well, you go back again and you say, I like that twice in a row, right? And so what you do is you try to create rhythm in your life so that you can revisit those things, those places where you encounter the Holy Spirit. All the spiritual disciplines of the centuries, you know, if you think about prayer and fasting and worship and solitude and silence and meditation and confession all the, and fellowship, all these things that we have set in place as, as ways that we can develop a rhythm of experiencing the dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit, right? And it comes because it was real. Let's do it again. Let's keep doing it again. We have rhythm. Trouble is, is sometimes, because we get going, we get into routine, right? 
and I need to walk the wall today because it's that day, or, oh, I need to fast because it's Friday, right? Because you had a wonderful experience encounter with the Lord in fasting, and you said, I'm going to fast again. And then you said, well, you know what? I think I'm going to fast every Friday. I'm going to set that up as rhythm. And then it's like, oh, is it Friday? Do I got to fast again? That's routine, right? You stay in the routine long enough, you're going to be in a rut, right? You're going to be in a rut. And you just don't remember even why you started fasting on Fridays, right? But that's what you're doing. It's part of my walk with Jesus. It's Friday. must be fasting day, right? Don't remember why. Problem with being in a rut, you stay there long enough, you wind up in religion. Here's how you know you're in religion. You start inviting other people into your rut. Right? And you say, oh, no, you got to fast on Fridays. If you don't do that, you're doing something wrong, right? has nothing to do with encountering God. It has to do with inviting people into your rut, teaching them to be in the same bad place you're in, right? Ooh. How do you get out of that? Well, when you recognize you're in the last half of that thing, you retreat. You run away, run away, Monty Python. Run away, run away, run away, right? You got to run back to where there was life. You got to go back to the source of life, who is Holy Spirit. Why should I be refilled with Holy Spirit? To get out of the rut, to be rescued from religion, and not to be satisfied with routine. Is that making sense to anybody except these guys in the front row here? All right. You got to retreat. This week I'm going to do a red letter retreat. I just got to carve out a space of hours where. I'm just going to go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read all the red letters, all the words of Jesus. I'm going to skip over all the narrative, and I'm just going to put myself under the authority of the very words of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I'm in a place I need to hear some stuff from the Lord. I need to get some stuff right. I need to get this. I need to hear clearly from him. And I find that if I put myself in the hearing of Jesus' words, what happens then is I remember what he sounds like. And so when I hear him, I know which one is him, right? There's a lot going on up here, okay? I want to know which one is him. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is an invitation to experience the very real presence of God. Third question we want to deal with each time for a few weeks is, What's God going to do to me if I ask him to fill me? Well, first of all, I think it'd be dangerously presumptuous of me to try to answer that for you. I don't know what God's going to do with you. I don't. That's going to be up to him. But as I read the Bible, and as I have experience, I know whatever he's going to do with you is going to be wonderful. But it probably won't seem like that at first. (laughs) 
The Bible says many things could happen. We'll work with that from the scriptures. The first thing I think God often does is he wants to bear the fruit of righteousness in you with his Holy Spirit inside of you. He wants to bear the fruit of righteousness. If you look in your Bibles in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, let's start in about verse 13. He said, you, my brothers, were called to be free. That's good news, right? But, he says next, do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Do not use your freedom in Christ as an excuse to allow habitual sin patterns to remain in your life. Now you're going to invite the Holy Spirit in, and he's going to talk to you about that. That's a thing called conviction. Okay? He said, rather, serve one another in love. Mm. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. There's no future in that, running each other down. So I say live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So we're seeing this tension set up. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And they're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit... So when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's going to bear fruit of righteousness. Would you like to know what they are? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he says, against such things there's no law. You won't be breaking the law if you live by the Spirit. You'll be fulfilling the law. But I think the first thing that he wants to do is bear the fruit of righteousness. And think about this. You're, you're inviting God himself, the present manifestation of God on the earth, to come inside. Well, he's going to take control. That's the hard part. And in taking control, he wants to, the scriptures say, he wants to manifest his character through you now. Manifest is, I mean, you're inviting, the, you're inviting the Holy Spirit to come inside of you. What did you think was going to happen? He wants to manifest holiness through us. What does holiness look like? It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? That's what it looks like. And that's what he's going to do. You know, a lot of times when we, people start thinking about being filled with Holy Spirit, the first thing they want to talk about are the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, when are we going to talk about speaking in tongues and stuff like that? Oh, we're going to get there. That is absolutely true. Gifts of the Spirit are absolutely attached 
to the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us. But I want you never to forget this. It's fruit before gifts. It's fruit before gifts. The fruit of the Spirit, as he bears his character in and through us and takes control of the command center of us, he will entrust us with the gifting. Because the gifting isn't even for us. It's through us, correct? This just changes things. And just seeing your walk with the Lord this way, it changes it away from the behavior dynamic of so much American Christianity. Accept Jesus as your Savior and stop smoking weed or whatever their message is, right? That was the message that came to me, right? But it's accept Jesus as your Savior and enter into dynamic relationship where his spirit lives inside of you and, and, and he changes your behavior from the inside. Does anybody want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit today? Okay, I got one word for you. It's a hard word. Repent. Repent. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. The refreshing is the filling. Repent, this is the Bible. Repent then and turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out. So the big holes in the bottom of the jar of clay, they can be patched. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You gotta repent to turn from your sin can't justify a life of sin and say, fill me up, Holy Spirit. You say, am I saved? Mysteriously, you are by the blood of Christ. You want to be filled with Holy Spirit? Repent. Some people are not filled with the Holy Spirit because they refuse to repent. They say, this is who I am is how I'm going to stay. Who wants to repent this morning? Come on. Repentance is a normal part of my walk with Jesus. It says repent and turn to God. Sometimes... In the early days, I was 180 degrees turned. It was a big turn. Anymore, my repentance is I notice I'm a few degrees off of being pointed toward God. But you know what? They both end up in the same place away from God. Whether you're 180 degrees or two degrees off, the word is the same, repent. And I speak to you, church, in the name of Jesus, repent. Who else wants to repent? Repent then and turn to God. Repent then and turn to God. Repent then and turn to God, the Bible says, so that your sins may be wiped out. And that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You're not repenting to me. I'm not your priest. You're repenting to God. 
I'm repenting with you. I want to be, I want to be straight on 